Nut Nerd Podcast, Episode 70, Excelsior. Welcome to Episode 70 of the Nut Nerd Podcast. I am Nate Heath, and I am here with Mr. Dave Baylor. Well, hello there. Hello. You know what I have to say to that? What is that? 930. 30 quadrillion cookies. Oh, man. That's how many cookies I've got. How many do you... You said I something don't. about a trillion or something? Yeah, I got a couple trillion. Come on. No, actually, I'm glad you brought this up. We were talking about that. What is it called? Cookie... Cookie clicker. Cookie clicker last week, and I was yeah. cook, clicking, cooking my clickies. <laughs> what did you say before the podcast? Cooking my clickies. You'd think I'm with drinking alcohol. I'm drinking water. Yeah. Sort of LaCroix. Yeah. This episode brought to you by the refreshing taste of LaCroix fine drinks. Yes. Not really, but um, I've been drinking them. But anyway, yes. Yes, we have been. I've been cooking You guys my need to support us more so that we can buy more LaCroix. Yeah, these things um, aren't free, you know. They are not free. Good point. <laughs> Unless I pull one out of your and fridge. And we have to pay a 10-cent deposit now yeah, what's in up the with state that? of Oregon. That's just Oregon that's not countrywide? No, there's only, I think there's only like 10 states that actually have a can deposit. Um, the communist ones. Uh, yeah, there are, I think there was a couple 10 cent and maybe a 15 cent prior to ours. Maine um, always seems like they're on the can. Yeah, Maine, Michigan, but most do not. That's good to know. So for those of you just tuning in, welcome to this week in soda refreshments. <laughs> yes. Soda alternatives, sparkling water, canned sparkling water. We're not probably not going to talk about technology tonight. We're just going to talk about our favorite sparkling drinks. So yeah, it looks like you've got a Pamplemousse. I do. And there's some marketing thing on the outside box. It's all like grapefruit and then parentheses Pamplemousse. Yeah. But on the can, it's like Pamplemousse is big and grapefruit is small. So I don't know what's, what's up with that. I don't know. But I do hear that this is the hipster's favorite. LaCroix? No, the Pamplemousse. The Pamplemousse. Yeah. Because it's real trendy. Yeah. Um, I personally like the peach pear. But let's get on to technology because that's why we're here tonight. Uh, We love talking about technology and helping you guys understand it better and enjoy it more. So cookie clicker. Yeah. You've got quadrillion. We we just went through like 40, what do we call them? Side hops? Yeah. Side steps. Side steps (laughs) in a row because you said... You have so many quadrillion. It's quintillion now. Quintillion. Yeah. yeah. So my mind was blown. I had never realized that that's how the numbers work. Million, billion for two, trillion for three, quadrillion, and that's how it goes. But then after uh, 10, it goes to Spanish. It oh. goes to like oncillion, docillion, tracillion. So, I did not know that. Yeah. So I just had never put that together because you really only hear billion and trillion. And then I was like, oh, quadrillion is the next largest one. So well, that's a fun little fact for everybody. Well, I and the rest of the world out there listening, we're a little disappointed by someone who lettered in math. I know. We didn't even that's, know that. And mm. I distinctly remember in elementary school, long before Google ever existed, Yeah. in my company, math workbook... Yes. My math workbook, I remember that one of the little fun blobs in there was uh, a, a Google, Google is yeah. a one with a hundred zeros behind it. And yeah. I, that always stuck in my mind. And then Google came around. And then I finally realized, oh, yeah, I remember that. Yeah. Um, I might even said that before on the podcast. But anyway, so, okay, so back to uh, let's sidestep. 
back, back three or four times to Cookie Clicker. Okay. And I was trying to remember a game at the end of the podcast last episode, and I looked it up, and it's kind of a similar, it's like more of a Sims game, but I thought you would really like it. It's called Game Dev Story. I have this game okay. on my phone, but I haven't really played it very much. So I I think actually back when I used to jailbreak my phone, hack into it, and then there was a way where you could like get apps for free, but it was yeah. real janky and scary, and I probably had all <laughs> kinds of weird stuff on my phone. Every, people are stealing your identity and yes. getting credit cards in your name. So basically, the game is it's a $5 app. Um, it was last updated last December, so they're still mm-hmm. working on it. That's yeah. great to know. Um, but it's a very simple looking kind of eight bit Nintendo look to it. Um, by the way, congratulations, Jared, on your Nintendo Switch that you got today through Amazon Prime Now. Nice. He got one delivered. He doesn't have any games yet, but uh, he's got the Nintendo Switch. Well, you can pick up the games anywhere. It's the console. Yes. And a fun fact today, I was at the Wilsonville Target for other reasons, but I saw three Nintendo Switch consoles in the little locked glass case. Oh, and you didn't get one? I, I didn't, but I tweeted about it. So hopefully some... And then later in the day, I was at a GameStop, and a guy was like, hey, you guys got any Switches? They're like, no, sorry. I said, hey, psst, psst. Yeah, Try you could have bought that and sold it for money. Yeah, but uh, so We have a story about GameStop coming up later. But anyways, Game Dev Story. Man, this is the... Uh, the sidestep episode. <laughs> the sidestep episode. We're doing a little jig up well, here with all these sidesteps. It's Easter, and it's all about rabbits. For as far as I can tell from the advertising. Yes. So sidestep it is. Uh, But Game Dev Story, it's a fun little game. You actually, um, you're in a company and what you do is you create a video game. There's like different types and then you build up different characteristics of it and then you advertise it and whatever and you can build your game and then you can get like super successful. Mm -hmm. So I played through it a couple times. Like Really? Yeah. Wow. This was back several years ago and I was like, this was like an all-nighter type game where I'd get going on a game and I'm just like, (laughs) So it's a fun little game, um, but yeah, all versions, it has 12,328 ratings, four and a half stars. Yeah. That's a pretty good it is, uh, pretty good sign. That's what they do. They do all kinds of these type of uh, games with different genres, but uh, this one obviously is going to appeal to gamers because it's a game about making games. It's very meta. Yes, it is. Speaking of meta, this last Saturday... Mm-hmm was April Fool's Day. Yeah, it was. Um, And I realized that I didn't really hear a whole lot, actually, not this last Saturday, a week ago Saturday. So before last week's episode, um, April 1st is April Fool's Day, for those that don't know, um, outside of North America. I don't know. Um, It's a stupid holiday. Anyways, it is. And I realized it was on a Saturday this year, so... I didn't hardly hear anything about it because the reason why you normally hear about it is because people are at work trying to not work. And so they just go look for all these April Fool's pranks. And then companies are also trying to be clever and make people laugh. And so there's all these viral websites. Yeah, so there was a ton of them. But I think so many of them probably just got lost because like Netflix came out with, they were going to do Netflix Live where it'd be like a live channel on Netflix where... Uh, Will Arnett just narrated stuff all day long. Um, But like I'm looking at the tweet here, introducing Netflix Live. It only has 903 likes. Like that's nothing for, it's actually Netflix ANZ. 
New Zealand. I'm not sure what ANZ stands for. Don't know. Um, but there's a bunch of other ones. I, I kind of realized looking through this list, I'm like, oh, well, this is a tech thing. And it's like, not really. It's a marketing department's are thrown out funny ideas. You, mm-hmm. Like you said, trying to get a little virality, mm-hmm. um, trying to get people to pay attention. So, you know, Google Gnome instead of Google Home, it goes out in your yard. And yeah. the all stuff Oreos, it's like that's not techy at all. But everybody puts out a funny commercial and tries to get some free marketing out of it. Pitless avocados. I thought that was a great idea. but <laughs> Science will find a way. Yes, yes. Uh, Duolingo, the language app, they were going to have a course on emoji. Uh, so it goes on and on. Google is famously one of the biggest um, for this. And so they have a long list. One of the cool ones that I posted on the Facebook page, if you're following along, was uh, with Google Maps, you could play Miss Pac-Man. I did see that one. Um, I was going to say I should actually follow that page. But, but my, <laughs> my neighborhood, the way my map showed up, there was only like one street and one side street. That does not work very well no. for Pac-Man, but I saw some cool pictures like around Portland where some of the uh, real cool uh, layouts of streets was pretty fun. Um, but again, you know, then they kind of made fun of their Google Chromebooks and they did uh, cardboard for Chromebook. So you have like this huge virtual reality <laughs> you stick thing a whole or, laptop in or there. a selfie stick for your Google Chrome laptop oh thing. And But yeah, I thought I'd bring it up, but... Really, I I didn't even remember enough about it to talk about it last week. But mm-hmm. if you want to go, I'll put a couple links in the show notes. You can go check these out. Some of the videos are funny. Some of them are like you're trying way too hard. But that also reminded me, I teased last week completely coincidentally mm-hmm. about that we would talk about apps and kind of spring cleaning time of year. Yep. It has been exactly a year. It was a year ago this week that we recorded our... Uh, episode 16. Can mm-hmm. you believe that? Way that back was, when we were youngins. It's 70 now. Wow. Yeah. 16, Spring Cleaners and April Fools. And that one we went through and talked. It was a great title. Yeah, it was. <laughs> uh, we talked about April Fools. And then we also talked through some great uh, spring cleaning tips as far as selling uh, selling stuff, mm-hmm. getting rid of stuff, donating stuff, different options yep. for getting rid of your old tech. So it'd be a great one to go back and listen. I want to do more of that as looking kind of a year back, just to kind mm. of see what was going on then to compare with what we're talking now. Some of the other topics from that episode, um, I had just done the Mario Kart tournament mm. that I went yep. to with Jared. Yep. Um, but PlayStation 4 VR was just coming out, the Oculus VR, and here we wow. are a year later, and we haven't heard much about any of them. <laughs> well, the PlayStation um, the PlayStation thing is going. Yeah. People have that and enjoy it. Yes. Uh, the Tesla Model 3 had just been announced, which we're still ways off. Um, but yeah, I want to kind of look back because technology does move so fast yeah, the uh, that it's pretty crazy fast. to think just back one year what was going on. So anyways, I wanted to talk about organizing our apps. But first of all, it has been several months since we have looked to see on our phones how many apps we have installed. Uh, Notoriously, we both have uh, way too many. I think I usually double up. I should have gone back and gotten the number. Um, But last time. Yeah. It was in the 400s, I think. So if you'd like to play along at home, Go into your settings icon. It's the gray gear application. Then you're going to click on general. And in that 
setting, you're going to go to the about option. And in the about option, it has network songs, videos, and all that stuff, but it also has a number of applications. So how do you want to do this, Nate? Well, I think I've got you beat. Um, I, I think I'm probably right around, and we teased this last week, but I did mm-hmm. not. I think I got a couple new apps. I didn't get rid of any. I got I got probably eight since last time we talked. <laughs> nice. I'm not kidding. I've been going app crazy. Yeah. Um, I have... 415 apps. That's your phone. kind of average. I think I think it's probably right about yeah. I'm I'm thinking it's right around where I was. So yeah. uh, I think I tried to clean up a bunch after we went over it the first time, but then you just kind of creep up. Uh Dave, where are you at? Well, I thought my phone felt a little bit heavier. <laughs> I'm up to 286 apps. 286. That's yeah, cuz I you got down to I was like 100 or you were, I think you tried to get back to 100. Man, we should have really went back and looked at yeah. that. But, if, uh, we, if we had a producer of the show who yes. actually like, planned stuff, that'd be great. Yes. So um, if, if you guys, anyone out there would like to produce the show, uh, you simply have to pay us $25 an episode, and we will give you the privilege of being our producer. Yes. That sounds like a wonderful idea. But yeah, so I have 415, and now a lot of people are like, oh, that's crazy. Why do you have so many apps? Why do you keep them on your phone? And it's... For me, I have a huge phone. I have the 256 gigabyte. It was 128 last time. Yeah. So this one's 256. So I do not have to worry about space, which is a big concern for a lot of people. Yeah. Uh, Second of all, I work on a little site and podcast called Not Nerd. So um, I'm a little bit on the nerd spectrum, (laughs) nerd side of the spectrum. And there's a lot of apps. Uh, if there's ones that I try and I really am just like, I don't want this. I don't want anything to do with this. I'll delete it. But if it's something I go, oh, you know what? I might need that at some point. Since I have the space, I just keep it. Now, I could yeah. delete them and then just download it if I need it again. But What since, if you're in the forest somewhere and there's no yeah, signal? Exactly. And you need that one <laughs> special weird camera app that does something that no other camera app does. So here's my trick is I see an app that I'm interested in or I read something or I talk to somebody and I download it. And then I cue them all for the time when I have time. Mm. Oh, I'm going to check all these out. The time never comes. Yeah. I've got like 20 apps that I'm going to check out. And I usually just end up deleting them without ever looking at them. So my pile of shame. Sorry. Well, and one thing I wanted to talk about with especially me with so many apps was kind of how our theories behind the layout of apps. I think Mm -hmm. we briefly have talked about it before and kind of said we're going to get into it deeper. Um, But I just I have some theories. So I wanted to run them by you and see what you thought. So hopefully everybody knows if you, you know, lightly hold on one of your apps, everything starts wiggling, then you can mm-hmm. move them around. Um, right. You can drag them on top of each other to create folders. You can, you can drag hit stuff the X. into, yeah, you can hit X to get rid of them, uh, which you can do now because everybody used to have the Apple folder where they kept all the apps that were already there that they didn't need the stocks mm-hmm. app. Yeah. You put them all in one folder. Speak for yourself on the stocks app. Yeah. You're using that one daily. Super investor. Um, but so one of my big things, and I love thinking about like user experience, how it is to interact uh, with, you know, your phone apps, that kind of stuff. And so for me, the way I hold my phone 
is kind of actually this is a good example for all you listening. Yeah. Uh, just look at my hand here. It's brilliant. So I kind of do a three finger wrap around the because I have the seven plus, so it's a large phone, and then my pinky rests underneath for balance <laughs> as Dave pulls his off his stand there. It's got one of those gecko type sticky yes. things. I'm so that, it. that's usually what I do because that's where I find I have the best leverage and I use my left hand to hold it. Hmm. And so then naturally you have a, a range that you can just reach with your thumb while you're holding it with your forefinger. An arc of, of, of range. Arc, which originally with the original iPhone, the idea was that with that arc of range, you'd be able to touch all the corners. Well, yeah. as the phones have gotten bigger, not the case. You can always use two hands, but a lot of times when you're quickly grabbing your phone, you're doing it one-handed, and there's things that you want to get to quickly. So within that range, so my bottom left on the dock, I believe that we'd call it, mm -hmm. the apps across the bottom that always stay there, Yeah. Um, I have phone, I have Safari. Okay. I have messages and I have downcast, which is my podcast app. Right. And those are probably about the four I use the most, maybe you, not Safari. Why do you have the phone thing on there? Didn't, weren't you just talking last <sighs> week that you never talk on the phone? Well, the problem is I have my own business and I actually, you can, here's a pro tip. You can actually put a folder down in your dock so right. that no matter what page. So I created a folder called Vital which has a lot of things that I use on a regular basis, but I don't feel like they need to be on mm -hmm. the homepage. And I put the phone app in there. Problem was, then I was ignoring my phone even less and like losing yeah. out on business. So I moved it back out. I put it in the dock so that I remember to use my phone. Um, in the very lower left above that, though, I have my camera. Hmm. Because that is one of the things I use the most. Now, when it's on the lock screen, you can swipe to the side, but sometimes you're not on the lock screen. You're playing Candy Crush, and then the baby's doing something funny because you're not paying attention to her. You click home. You click to the camera. You can also swipe up from the bottom. That's what I was going to say. I don't even have my camera icon yeah. anywhere. It's nested away in a folder somewhere. I always swipe up and hit the camera yeah. every time. And that's a habit I should get into because it is valuable real estate. That's why mm -hmm. I wanted to discuss it because... If you have a bunch of stuff that you never use that's reachable in the easy access stuff or on your front page, mm -hmm. it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. And I was listening to another podcast a while back, and they were discussing their home screens. And that was one of the big discussions they got into because one of them had the Photos app mm -hmm. on the home screen and the other one had the camera app, and they were kind of fighting, like you're saying, yeah. just swipe up from the bottom or to the side. Um, and the photos, why would you ever need the photos? Because you can just open the camera and then hit the photos thing. Um, right. So, and I, I agree with that. So I should probably take photos and camera off my home screen and just do the swipe up, just get in the habit of that from the control center. And since you have a seven, this started with a six, there's an extra row Yes. Of applications from the five on down. Yes. And actually the five had more rows than the four. True. So the four, three, and the original all had a limited number of rows. When the five came out, it added yeah. an extra row. And now with the six and beyond, there's an extra row. So there's a lot of applications you can fit on that front screen. Yeah, especially so you actually folders. have seven times four, including the dock. So that's 28 apps or folders that mm -hmm. you can have on your home screen. 
Um, so I've also got, I've got Facebook and Twitter, uh, Gmail, which I've said before, I don't do a lot of email on my phone, but I do mm-hmm. have it there reachable Instagram. I recently pulled out of my photos folder cause I was realizing Instagram's kind of one of my go-to, yeah. um, places, the app store settings, uh, Evernote and my games folder. But then I have some other ones like I have a photos folder, which this is a very large folder with a lot of different photo apps in it. Mm-hmm. Which All of which you never use. I never use. Yeah. I'm a strong believer. I've said it before on the podcast. One I believe backup just is, wait. <laughs> none backup. <laughs> One camera app is none camera app. No, I just 99.99% of the time I want to take photos with just the Apple camera app unfiltered. It's the quickest way to do it. It's going to give you the quickest photo, probably the best photo, unless you really want to go into like one of the more pro level apps, camera plus or something where you can Mm -hmm. really toggle a lot of settings. But when I'm taking pictures, it's quick. I'm trying to grab the moment. Um, or else if I do want to take more time, then I can go look for something. But I mean, I've got, uh, one, two, three, four, five pages well, in with, my photos folder with uh, oh wow yeah 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 just in my photos folder of apps different ones um now one that i have in there that i should probably replace on my uh home screen instead of this folder is the google photos app because mm-hmm. uh, we talk about that please my, use the google photos and that's my main on my main page i have the google photos standard photos i have tucked away in my yeah. apple folder no, uh, that makes sense. Um, and then up at the top, which I should, I need to do some more rearranging on this, especially as we're kind of talking through this, which is another reason why I want to do it, because mm-hmm. uh, it helps people think. Um, but like maps, I use Google Maps a lot. And one of the great things, another pro tip, if you have the six, when did they introduce Force Touch? Success? Success. On the 6S or the 7 line of phones, they introduced the Force Touch. So like with Google Maps, I have my home address and my work address. So I can just Force Touch, press into the screen, and then I can say directions home or directions to work. And I like doing that when I'm leaving for work or leaving from home because there's some different routes that I can take. And I can quickly check to see traffic and see which way is going to be the best. You can do that with the Apple Maps app. And you can also do it with Waze. So there's most of the modern apps will do that. Uh, But Force Touch is something that it's easy to forget about. And so just if you do have the success. I think it's called 3D Touch on a phone. Oh, yes. And it's Force Touch on the watch. Watch, yes. Why they are different, I don't know. But But 3D Touch. Do a Force Touch. (laughs) Touch forcefully to your screen and see what happens. You know, so some apps don't have it. But uh, I did use it the other day, uh, there was an app that I wanted somebody to use. So if you press on, I think just about any app, it'll give you the option to share the app. Right. So you can just send in a link to the app to people, uh, which is nice. You know, if you're like, I should have used that the other day. I, I sent a, my pick of the week. Yeah. I'll tell you later. I had to go onto the store and look for the thing and find, I didn't think to, to, to 3d touch it and get the link. There. Yeah, I know. I, I just remembered the other week and it's been out for months and months. Um, so like everybody here, here's what we're going to do this week. Mm-hmm. What I want everybody to do that has 3d touch on your phone. I want you to go to the Google photos app because you already have it because you've been listening to the not nerd podcast and, and I how. Want, 
<laughs> yes. And I want you to share that with somebody. Do the force touch or the 3D touch. Hit the share this app and then message it to somebody and mm -hmm. say, hey, you should check this out so that all your photos are backed up automatically, unlimited, for free. And you don't have to worry when your phone gets broken or stolen about not having your pictures anymore. So we're going to spread the wealth, yeah. share the knowledge this week. Just share an app. That's your assignment. Yes. Um, so I have a lot of, I also have a bunch of folders. Uh, most of it, again, it's not stuff that I'm using on a regular basis. So some people um, on the podcast we listen to, they have a couple main folders and it's usually something like productivity, leisure, um, maybe like photography yeah. and then games or something like that. On my front page, I have a series of apps that I use all the time. There's no folders on my, my main page. And actually, I have one slot empty, if you can believe that. Oh, wow. I know. And on my second page, I've been slowly organizing these 128 apps. Or yeah. What did I have? How many apps did I have? 228. Yeah, something like that. So I'm slowly organizing them, and I have an Amazon folder, because I've got like six Amazon apps. Apple, finance, food, games, Google, health, hiking, movies, music, photos and video, utilities, weather, work. It's too many. Yeah. There's too many categories. Yeah. I've got over half a page filled up just with folders. So I'm going to have to pare that down a little bit. But it's a work in progress. Well, and the other thing is, if you can remember the name of your app, another pro tip is to... Now, my wife gets frustrated because I forget to tell her how to do this correctly because okay. there's two options that you... Well, there's many options. You can swipe up from the bottom and you get the control center. And now if you swipe down from the very top, mm -hmm. you get notification center. Right. But if you swipe, if you just kind of hold from the middle of your screen and pull down, you get to spotlight. And that's what I use all the time. Yeah. Swipe down from the middle of your screen. And then it gives you the search box. Mm -hmm. So then if you don't remember which folder it's in, because I have some that are like... Is it in shopping or location or uh, news? You know, mm -hmm. which folder is it in? Yeah. Just do it that way. Or there's always the double click on your home button for the app switcher. Right. Uh, if it's something you've been using recently, that's another quick way to get to things. Or um, if you swipe to the left, so swipe but, but left from to the, right. But from the home page. From the home page. Yeah. So if, from left to right, then it takes you over to... Uh, left of your homepage, which gives you your notification center, but at the top you get your spotlight is what they call their search. Yeah. So with, with a platform like iOS and with a company like Apple, they're usually striving for minimalism, ease of use, um, shooting for the lowest common denominator. You got to admit that the operating system has gotten a lot more complex and a lot of the features are more hidden than they normally are. Yeah. I'm still discovering things and I'm just like, I didn't know that was there. Yeah. Uh, and I guess that's okay. Cause you can use the phone in a functional way without knowing all the tips and tricks, but it can also set you up to do something over and over and over again in a way that takes longer than yeah. if you would have known a tip, you were like, Oh, well I could have saved all kinds of time if they just would have documented this. So they're, is on your phone a little iOS tips app. And oh, yeah. I would say if you're new to the to the platform or 
maybe you went from like a five S like I did to a six where there was no 3d touch and there's all these hidden features. Maybe go through that tips app and just kind of check it out and see yeah. if you could discover something new that you didn't know before. And listen to not nerd. That's true. Well, they and already are. Hopefully make sure you're on our Facebook and Twitter page and get tips from us. We're trying to get more and more tips out to you guys and focusing on that. Um, so here's what we're going to do over this next we'll say a week and a half after or a week after the podcast comes out. We want you guys to go on Facebook. We're going to do a post about it on the podcast post. We want you guys to do a screenshot of your home screen. Okay. And then you can explain if you want to, why you do things the way you do. Now, my assignment for us over this next week mm-hmm. Is it sounds like you've got yours pretty dialed in. Well, there's too many folders. Yeah. So but I, I'm going to work I'm already on thinking my, about ways to change it. Yes. I'm going to work on my home screen because I just, when I swiped over to left, um, and when you try to do the search mm-hmm. or swipe down from the middle, it gives you Siri app suggestions. And so those are apps that it thinks you probably want to use. Those are probably good ones to have in your normal finger reach of your phone. And one of them that I see on there is the Xfinity uh, Stream TV app, which works with my DVR so that I can set up recordings, I can watch stuff. That's one that I need to be using more since I'm paying for cable. YouTube, um, but then it's Downcast and Facebook, which are uh, two of probably my top apps uh, that I go into. But I have an iOS feature request. I wish that you could place one or more icons on your front page in any position. You know how they lock to the upper left and they Mm. flow down from there? Much like the Android does. I want to be able to just put one application in the middle of my screen if I want to. Why can't I do that? Why? Why don't they let me? I don't know. But that reminds me of another pro tip. If you have a 6, 6S, or 7 or the pluses of those, you can, if you lightly tap three times on your home button. I think it's twice, isn't it? It's three times. Okay. Or twice. Is it now just twice. twice? Oh, I thought it used to be three times. No, it's twice. Hey, it, twice. I just saved you a tap. Yeah, you just saved me a tap. So if you just lightly, you're not pressing the button, lightly tap your home button twice, it actually moves your screen halfway down so that then you can reach those top ones. And the feature is called reachability. Reachability. So then, because they realize that you wouldn't be able to reach everything. Um, so I, there are people who swear by it who use it all the yeah, time. Oh, yeah. I disabled it because I kept accidentally turning accidentally it on. Accidentally <laughs> doing it. If it was a habit that you got into, extremely helpful. But yeah. yeah, for most people, you do it on accident. So now I just explained why you're like, oh, my screen messed up. Well, it's actually a feature yeah. um, that you just didn't know about. <laughs> That's funny. I was on Mac Rumors today, and they were talking about the new iPhone 8 rumors, and they had all these feature lists. <laughs> and um, they also had uh, iPhone 7. I was on that page too. And one of the features of the iPhone 7 was no headphone jack. I'm like, is that really a feature? feature. Apple Hmm. told us it was. So let's move on to some quick takes. I wanted to to front load the show tonight with some real helpful tips and some Mm -hmm. real um, thinking about that stuff. A lot of times we'll wait till the end. Yeah, and sorry Um, we didn't articulate it very well, but hopefully you were able to struggle through (laughs) with us and understand what 
we were talking about. But if not, just hit us up on Facebook and we'll we'll yeah explain we'll walk it. you through it. We'll yeah. we'll evaluate any screenshots you put up there. I will give you my thoughts on uh, what I think you need to be doing differently <laughs> with I'll, your life. I'll give you a one word review. Wrong. <laughs> there we go. Um, so quick takes. We keep talking about another episode that we did about a year ago was cord cutting, mm-hmm. and we've talked about ever since because it's something that we're in this real hazy uh, time right now where people want to get rid of your cable, but I just, there's not a good solution. Yeah, I'm smiling because I just remember the title, Scratch the Service and Cut the Cord. Yes, <laughs> there you go. Well, and I, we mentioned this a few weeks ago, but there's more details out now. YouTube TV. So I don't even know what this is. So YouTube, have you heard of YouTube? Is it like Facebook? They do uh, metal piping. No, that's <laughs> the letter YouTube. Oh, that's um, a different. Site. I think I wonder yes. if they still if they ever got that back. Yeah, actually, because uh, they got like millions and millions of views. I would have put some ads on that landing page and just. Anyway. Oh, it's just ads now on that. Yeah, they just. It used to be a company, Universal Tube and Rollform Equipment Corporation. Yeah, uh, but now it's just full of the most spammy. Uh, there is a baby with a mustache, so that's a that's pretty targeted cool. ad. So um, anyway, YouTube is the video sharing service that is owned by Google. Yes, and I think they just announced a billion hours a week is uploaded to YouTube. So I mean, just some absurd. All um, I know is that I could watch it all day long. There's so many sciencey oh. and instructional videos and how tos and funny people or funny videos of people getting hurt. And then of course there's the cat videos. I could all day long. Yeah. I, it is insane. Um, YouTube has over a billion users. Uh, most more than half of YouTube views come from mobile devices and, uh, it has local versions in more than 88 countries. Hmm. Um, let's see the number of channels earning six figures per year on YouTube is up 50% year over year. What's the number? Uh, they do not give you that. Six people. Yes. Um, as of March, oh, as of March 2015, oh, geez, this is some outdated. And that's actually from on the YouTube information page. But anyways, YouTube, obviously, everybody knows about it. Anyways, I cannot find uh, the stat I was looking for. But they have announced their own TV service. Okay. And it's $35 a month. One of the big problems right now is it's only in very select cities. So like San Fran, LA, New York, Chicago, I think are the four cities, but it looks very promising. Now, one of the things when we were first teased on this was the fact that YouTube does video well. Mm -hmm. So hopefully they would do one of these TV services well. Some of the other TV services are a little questionable on Mm -hmm. their interaction. Um, It's got unlimited DVR. Okay. So you can record whatever you want. Uh, and where's the TV signals coming from? So it's broadcast, it's cabled, well, traditional TV channels. Okay. Going through YouTube from like ABC, NBC, CBS. Yes. Okay. And there's some weird stipulations on it still. So you have unlimited DVR. You'll never run out of storage. I think it keeps it for 90 days or something like that. Yeah. With the $35, you get five concurrent streams so a family of five could all be watching something on this at the same time that's nice uh watch on all your screens so obviously ios android 
uh, smart TVs, your computers. Um, oh, it's six accounts now. I had read five. Uh, so you get six accounts and it says right there, share with family roommates or anyone in your mm. household is what they say. Nice. Um, but obviously people might, uh, Oh, I think somebody was trying it on something I was watching and it said they were trying to sign up. Uh, and it's like, it doesn't look like you're home right now in Chicago. <laughs> Wait till you get home because it could tell from the geolocation yeah. that they were not in Chicago. Uh, so They've got a lot of the um, big channels, ABC, CBS, which CBS we've talked about has some real weird stipulations. Yeah, they've got their own thing going. And it's Fox, NBC, uh, all the ESPN channels. So there's a big sports um, focus on this, which is one of the big things because that is something that people uh, do not get. Some kids' channels. One of the problems that I saw is the fact that um, – like we talked about before, is it Viacom that has uh, like Comedy Central, MTV? Mm -hmm. Although when Todd was here, we were talking about that. It doesn't have that. It also doesn't have AMC, so like Walking Dead. Um, so they've got some big channels, but they're also missing. Yeah. Um, and they did say that you get live local channels uh, for those but net, I can get for the that major over the networks. Air, though. But some people, but not can't. on the go. That's true. You know, on your iOS devices and everything. Um, so. It, it's got potential unless you're in a big city, you can't use it yet. Let's see what it says under the, it works everywhere in the U S if you have the account from your home, um, you know, you can still kind of quote unquote travel back to your home networks there. Uh, but it, it'll be interesting to see if they can keep making those deals to get more channels. Um, and if they can also uh, expand it to more cities, because mm -hmm. that's a lot of extra work to get local, you know, to add local channels in Portland and they all, have to all over. And, yeah. yeah. Um, but it does seem like a step in the right direction for the world of cutting the cord. Uh, the unlimited DVR is nice. Now, the weird stipulation for me is if they have all this stuff on their servers. Mm -hmm. Now, if I say, let's say Big Bang Theory, the new episodes, and I go and I say I want to record this episode... Now, other people have already recorded, quote unquote, recorded the other episodes. Mm -hmm. Why can't I just watch? And this is where I think the TV networks come in. Yeah. They don't want you to have access to everything. Why can't it just be on demand for you? Yeah. Everything should just be on demand, but that's not how the no. contracts are written. You have to go hit record that's to so be able stupid. to have it. It's so old world, old school. Yeah. It's like, come on in to the... To the new generation let's do things in a way that makes sense not in a way that's archaic and hard and actually in a way that is a hindrance to consumers a lot of these companies often get burned because they set up these strategies that are consumer hostile yeah and that's one of these things it's like why yeah. can't i just have it on demand i'm paying 35 and i'm thinking 35 bucks that's triple what my netflix is yeah. i should be able to watch everything on demand without jumping through all these crazy hoops but that's the uh, cable companies and yeah. the networks for you. So still a long way to go, but uh, YouTube TV, it, that one has some potential, I think, for, for getting there just because of their uh, experience and what they already provide through YouTube. So the big uh, story in the tech bubble, bubble this last week was Apple had a um, out of 
characteristic mm-hmm. uh, meeting with five different journalists, right. uh, John Gruber that we talked about before, somebody from BuzzFeed, um, and a couple others that you guys probably have never heard of <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that I barely knew. Yeah. Apple brought them in. They brought them into one of their special research labs, but they had everything covered. Yeah. Um, For ambiance, I'm sure. Yes. They could have met down the cafe. Exactly. <laughs> The McDonald's down the street um, and got something with the McDonald's app for free, some <laughs> free nuggets or something. Dang, I need to take advantage of that. I remember that. Yes. Yeah. Pro tip, PDX Fast Foodie, get the McDonald's app. You get free food. Uh, pretty much every day you can go and get something for free. This segment brought to you by PDX Fast Foodie at pdxfastfoodie.com. Thank you. So they brought them in for this announcement. It was totally out of the blue. Nobody knew it was happening. So then they all wrote their articles that came out and everybody of everybody on all the tech podcasts just had to mm-hmm. drone on and on about this week. Yes. Um, but we knew it was coming, but yeah. yeah. So basically what they said, they care about Mac computers. They mm-hmm. care about computers still uh, because there's been a lot of concern. They're going to make a new Mac pro, which has not been updated in over a thousand days. Uh, the trash can looking one, uh, very slick design, but it yeah. didn't work very practically for very high end, super high end professional users. Even even regular users, I mean, it worked it worked pretty well, but it's getting a little long in the tooth. And there are other products from other manufacturers that have surpassed it. Yes. And so, what was the primary flaw in their design? Is that they, a- Apple being Apple had to design something that was the smallest, lightest, quietest yeah. thing. That and will what, look amazing on your desk. Because that yeah. was the big complaint about the previous Mac Pro, that it was it's so huge, big and clunky. They went a little too far on the pendulum swing to small and cool looking. Yeah. Well, they, they backed themselves in a thermal corner. And as new processors came out and as GPUs came out, everything got hotter and they were already at the thermal maximum yeah. limits with their current hardware. And so to upgrade those would break their system. Yeah. The chips would be too hot and they'd yeah. have to redesign the case. And so they kept waiting and waiting and waiting for cooler, more efficient processors to come out. And they never did. Yeah. Yeah. So it's not, it's complicated. Um, but they said that they're going to have a new one coming out. They did do a little bit of a bump, what they could do on the current yeah. model. And they lowered the price. Yes. And they said that, um, you know, not this year, but they have a new one coming out. I've heard some, the criticism I've heard on that is like, we already know how to make a desktop computer. Just go to the, you know, your local Fry's electronics, buy a box Get a and rectangle. throw some good stuff in it. Yeah. But you know, Apple puts a strong focus on design and uh, they do that well, but they did kind of, uh, it is not often that they will admit something did not go the way they wanted it to. Mm-hmm. Um, but they also did announce uh, for Wes the day after we recorded last week. So they must, they got us tapped in this room they somewhere. Do. Well, I know, um, I know that Tim listens, but they have to have known ahead of time. Yeah, so. he's got some NSA stuff going. Yeah. Uh, but for Wes, they did say a new, more professional level iMac is coming mm-hmm. out. Uh, probably some redesigns, some USB-C ports. You know, those are due. They kind of mentioned the Mac Mini that they were going to... That They that basically said, platform. yeah, we realize uh, we screwed up on the Mac Pro, but we really care about desktop computers and we're going to... 
we're working on it. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's good to know that they're not giving up on that stuff, and we just got to be patient and see what they come out with. So, yeah. uh, next story, kind of a, a security story. So, Samsung, there's Android, but there's also Samsung Tizen, which is kind of their. Uh, their software platform that Samsung's tried to develop to be their own thing. Now, what's confusing to me, is this a piece of software that runs on top of Android or does it replace Android altogether? So my understanding is it replace Android altogether. And now what it is currently running on most popularly is the smart TVs, which we talked Uh. about with the Vault 7 leaks where there was some of the Samsung smart TVs that were having issues, um, and also the Samsung Gear smartwatches. Okay. But a security researcher actually found that there's 40 vulnerabilities, uh, my favorite word to say, yeah. um, for Tizen. Now, one of the issues with Tizen is it's just not that popular, so there aren't a lot of people trying to figure it out, you know, Android is used so broadly mm-hmm. um, that you find these flaws and there's a reason to fix them. Ties in, you know, smart TVs and smart watches aren't really on the radar for that kind of stuff. Yeah. Hackers don't want to waste their time on something that has a small footprint. Yeah. But, you know, I, I can't go a week without talking a little bit about security. But uh, there was also an article I saw this week that there's a, a Wi-Fi vulnerability for that's been addressed for Apple, the one of the chips that most of them use. Um, Android phones, even a fully updated uh, Pixel, I think a Pixel 6P or whatever, Hmm. the newest Google phone that they did themselves. If you have that fully updated with all the security updates, this vulnerability still exists Hmm. and it doesn't require access to the phone. It can just be done over Wi-Fi. So it's just a good reminder, keep your stuff updated. And that's all I'm going to say about that. Speaking of security and speaking of GameStop, Mm -hmm. sounds like they probably had a breach. They finally got... Got caught. And I have a GameStop account there. So yeah. fortunately, I don't use my real phone number and I use my secondary email address. So there you go. Good luck, spammers. Yes. Um, but so they're investigating a breach as far as uh, release of uh, credit card information and uh, data. Um, and that one of the things with this one is the compromised data is thought to include the customer card number expiration date, name, address, and the card verification value. Oh, man. The three-digit number on the back. So that is bad. How do they even store that? They're not supposed to store that information. Well, what you're supposed to do and what you actually do. Tell you. That's Um, why we should use Apple Pay. But they were saying, I read somewhere uh, that the GameStop website is, uh, so Alexa.com, not your Amazon device on your counter, yeah. um, has been a long, around much longer than that. It ranks websites and kind of keeps track of who has the most traffic. It says that GameStop.com is the 269th most popular website in the United States. Hmm. I, I which, go there a couple times a week. Yeah, I guess 260. I just have no, like Amazon and Google are probably the top. I you bet know, there's a large cliff. I bet yes. there are a top 10 or in the billions. Facebook, yeah. So top 500 sites on the web, global. Should we do a quick high five? Uh, Dave, give me a top five uh, world global, global huh? site. Facebook.com. Yes. Number one, because it has the most users. Number three. Number three. Shoot. Amazon.com. Uh, no. Hmm. Um, Number 11 is Amazon. 
what's the one? I keep wanting to say Al Jazeera, but that's the news site. It's uh, Alibaba. No, not Alibaba. Uh, wow, this is I. You're you're missing some some key ones here. Twitter one that we talked about earlier tonight. Twitter is uh, number twelve, right behind Amazon. Instagram. Uh, no, people don't go to the Instagram site. Man, you know what? This is the oh, worst. Oh, it's eighteen. Hi- this is the worst. This is I am. Ever. So you got Facebook, which you hate. Yeah. Um, are there any other Apple. sites? Apple.com? No. Any other sites that we've talked about tonight? Well, um, <laughs> look at the show notes. Any ones where you might watch stuff? The game dev story video game. <laughs> yes. No, YouTube. YouTube is number two, and Google.com is number one. <laughs> yeah, of course. Uh, Baidu is a Chinese uh, search engine. Is number four. I wasn't even thinking search engines. Yeah, but of course. Um, Wikipedia is number five. I'm kind of surprised on that. Hmm. Uh, Yahoo is still number six. <laughs> yeah, come on, people. <laughs> Get away from Yahoo. So you might remember that I deleted my Yahoo account about a yeah. month ago. I went to, a, I clicked a link that took me to a picture on a Flickr page. And for a second, I was like, oh, I don't have a Flickr account anymore. And then after that second was gone, I was like, don't care. Don't my, care. My life moved on. Reddit is number seven. Hmm. Uh, Google Co. In. Indian version of Google is number eight. So that's not even, that's just Google.com. The U.S. version is number one. And uh, QQ, Internet Service Portal for China, Taobao, Amazon, Twitter, Google Japan, T-Mail, and then it goes very international very quick Wow, uh, with a lot of sites that we have not. I would say Google probably has uh, 15 of the top 30 properties, though. Yeah. Um, Netflix is number 31. I know Netflix, uh, I think they have the most traffic. They have the most Because everybody's streaming. Yeah, bandwidth, because everybody's streaming video. Anyways, Alexa.com, you can go look at all kinds. They provide services for uh, doing site research. It's actually Alexa. Do you know who owns Alexa? No. Amazon. They are buying everything. Uh, But we love them anyways. You think that's where they got the name? Yes. Um, And maybe it is. They got the rights to be able to use the name at least. It just makes sense. Um, What's my phrase? Hashtag one backup is none backup. Mm -hmm. I love helping people get a good backup system set up. And it feels like I need a catchphrase. Yeah. So I'll be thinking about that. You'll be working on it. So please continue your thoughts. You love helping people get backed up back up and i always forget about this and i don't think it the information gets out there it's not really a thing it's just some company that decided this but march 31st Mm -hmm. is world backup day so we missed it by (laughs) 10 days as our recording here all my stuff Um, is like blown up now and lost and their catchphrase is don't be an april fool get your stuff backed up on march 31st uh so i like that so they kind of they've got a website here worldbackupday.com um, and they've got some videos and just kind of talking about backup and why you should back up. Uh, it says 30% of people have never backed up. Uh, 113 phones are lost or stolen every minute. Um, 29% of disasters are caused by accident. That's data disasters. Mm-hmm. Um, one in 10, oh, this is sad. One in 10 computers is infected with viruses each month. Yeah, one that? in 10. Um, mm. And I think I'm quickly finding out who is doing this because I just saw a link for Backblaze, which is a competitor of Crash Plan that we recommend. 
but it's got some good instructions. Again, you can take the pledge, um, but please, if you don't have a good backup system on your phone to get all your pictures, all your important stuff, if there's stuff that you do not want to lose, there's a good chance you're going to lose it at some point if it's on a computer. Um, so just have a good backup plan. Yeah. I've been thinking about a catchphrase this whole time. I think you were talking about backups. I'm not sure. <laughs> yeah. Um, here's one. Ready? Yeah. Excelsior. Oh, yeah. yeah like Stan Lee kind of does that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yours. So maybe that's mine. You can take it. Um, <laughs> He's still alive, though. Yeah. Barely. <laughs> Barely. <laughs> He's hanging on. Well, speaking of catchphrases, we're going to start something new. It's time for Dave's iOS Tip of the Week. That's right. The iOS Tip of the Week. And I'm not putting effect on there. So your voice, <laughs> no, keep that, it natural. That weird sound that you heard is his actual voice. Yes. So today I was uh, trying to send some information to a friend who was not an iOS user. And I thought I got rid of all those friends, yeah. but they're still out there. And so he has an Android phone. And for the life of me on my Mac, I could not send him a message through iMessage or messages. I get confused. It's iMessage on the computer. It's messages on your phone. Yes. It's it's very strange. But anyway. No, it's messages on your computer and messages on your phone. Okay. It used to be iMessage. So yeah, maybe they, I'm the they've one. They've gotten, I think maybe the service they might still call iMessage, but the app is called Messages. Yeah. Why Apple? Why? When I type iMessage in my phone, in my computer search, it comes up. It comes up. So anyway, enough of that. I'm on messages on my Mac trying to text this guy. And I'm like, this normally works. What's going on? I go to my phone. It works on my phone. I go to my Mac. It doesn't work on my Mac. I go through the settings. I log out. I re-log in. I go to iCloud. I log out. I log back in. Go to the phone. Go back to the computer. And I'm just ready to chuck stuff across the room. So I started to do what anybody would do in my case. They go to Google and search for problems uh, of other people who are having similar issues. And so... What was wrong is that I needed to set send and receive messages through my email address as well as the phone number. You have to have the email address enabled on both your iOS device and your laptop or desktop computer before it will allow you to send and receive messages for non-Apple phones and devices. So maybe other people out there are experiencing the same thing and they're like, what the heck is going on? This used to work. Well... If you're like me, you probably were like, I don't want to send it to my email address. Why are you even doing that? And I just disabled it one day. Yeah. So anyway, most most of the people I chat with are on iOS, so I didn't notice it until it came uh, to today when I was trying to connect with that guy. So that's my tip. It is probably, thank you for that. It is probably one of my favorite features about having an iPhone and an Apple computer is mm -hmm. the fact that I can do all of my text messaging on my computer now with android there's some ways to do it uh there's an app forget the name of it something blue um <laughs> that narrows it down yeah that you can put on your computer and it'll kind of sync up but it just it really works well and i will often get my computer out if i need to do some longer text messaging just because it's uh so nice to have a keyboard and to be able to do it that way on a full size yeah, i feel like machine I'm way more productive and doing chats and stuff if i can use my desktop well and also when you're working on your computer then you're not having to stop and go to your phone and type and then come back to your computer you can just do it all there so it's a very nice feature and a very nice tip to go along with that well you're welcome what is next uh the not ad 
I wanted to just bring it up again. The Aki Charger, the mm-hmm. one that we've been talking about the last couple of weeks. <laughs> I see what you're doing here. Dave, <laughs> Dave's got a video that's going to be out by gonna... <laughs> Thursday when yeah. you hear this podcast. Yeah, yeah it will. Um, but what I wanted to do, I said that we were going to give one away to a lucky listener. Yeah. So on our post where we do the screenshots of our apps, mm-hmm. um, I will select somebody that posts a screenshot screenshot of their homepage on their phone. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the lucky people on that is going to, uh, we will send you via Amazon Prime, one of these Aki uh, little two port USB wall chargers. Yep. So you can buy these on Amazon. And why we do that as a not ad is because we're part of their affiliate program. So if you shop at Amazon, use our link, uh, the links on our website in the show mm-hmm. notes, um, or amazon.notnerd.com. Uh, we'll redirect you in through our affiliate, and then we get a little bit of a kickback to help support mm-hmm. our LaCroix habits. And it doesn't cost you anything extra. No, it does not. And th- that leaves us one with one last thing. It's time for the Picks of the Week. Dave, why don't you go first with your Pick of the Week? Well, I, I freaked out a little bit because I clicked away from our episode show notes into the other one. I'm like, I picked this last week. Well... I was on the wrong episode. <laughs> oh, there you so go. So now here I am. A quick story behind this. I was at an event that my kid was doing a band thing, and I brought the video camera past a couple times. This time I'm like, I'm just going to mess around with my phone. And so I got a, in a conversation with my friend there. His name is Jeff, and he's talking about, oh, I always want to maximize the video output from my iPhone so that when I upload it, it's the highest quality and all this mm. stuff. And I was like, we were getting really technical and nerdy about it. And I said, have you ever used Filmic? Pro, F-I-L-M-I-C, and he'd never heard of it before. Well, Filmic uh, Pro is, I think it's a $15 app now. It wasn't $15 when I bought it. Mm. I think it was like 5 bucks because I generally don't. Yeah, I don't... think I got a special deal on it yeah. too, a free day or something like that. But I want to recommend it anyway. It has really developed into a very professional video app for your iPhone. It's got Snap Zoom or Quick Zoom features, so... I've used this in a basketball game before when I'm on the left side of of the court sitting, you know, I want to kind of zoom out and so I can see all the action. But when the the kids go down to the other end of the court, I want to zoom in. And so you can set your zooms increments and just hit like number one for zoom out. And then you can hit number two and it zooms into a certain amount and then you can zoom back out and it it provides a really smooth zoom between those points. And then even the manual zoom is very smooth, uh, coupled with the iPhone uh, 7S, 7, and 6S's uh, optical image stabilization. It's pretty smooth. Uh, it's You can control the white balance. You can control the exposure, the focus points, all those things that you've come to know and love uh, on professional applications. This thing has everything. You can almost kind of do like a green screen thing here. You can do color grading. What that's giving you, I think, is it gives you like zebra stripes and some other features to show where the highlights are. So you can adjust the exposure to get Uh, exactly the type of shot that you want. So if you want to geek out and you want to look at an app that pretty much replaces a video camera, it's Filmic Pro. Yeah. To be able to adjust focus, Apple has really opened up some of those controls and it really gives you some great options. I'm playing with it. I had downloaded it at some point, but actually had deleted it, which is right. crazy to think. Yeah. Um, well, it's, it's, you know, you kind of have to get into it to really take advantage of all the features. Another thing that I am noticing on it is it 
gives you actual audio levels on the screen. Right. That's something that you wouldn't usually get for doing videos to make sure that it's actually picking up some audio at a good level. Yeah. And one of the, th- the reasons I mentioned it to him, because he had mentioned he wanted the best quality. Well, in addition to economy and the Apple standard codex, it's got a filmic uh, standard and a filmic pro type compression, and it'll do like 50 megabits per second, 4k video that really pulls out all of the raw video from the the camera versus compressing mm. it. So some of the features that they list on their website, fully optimized for iOS 10, 4K resolutions up to 100 megabits per second, new blazing fast uh, code base that was developed using Apple's Swift 2 programming language. Mm. Uh, you get lots of controls, temperature, tint, ISO, shutter speed, exposure bias, focus, that variable speed focus and pulls that I was talking about. Yeah. Uh, the user interface is really kind of neat. It's customizable. You get all these different aspect ratios. You can do stuff with uh, external audio devices and different inputs to get stereo inputs. And one of the crazy things is, is if you got all these lens attachments that you can buy, you can adjust the software to accommodate those because they usually distort the image in some some fashion. And so if you're using a specialized lens adapter on your iPhone, you can set the software to accommodate that so that it looks proper. You don't have to fix it later in in your computer. So really top-notch application. If you're a video enthusiast at all and you're and you're like me, you're like, man, I really need to pick up a video camera. Well for 15 bucks you can just have this app that pretty much gets you there. So that's very cool. All right, what um, you got for us today? So we had a crazy freak windstorm in our in the Pacific Northwest yes. on Friday. It kind of came out of nowhere. Uh, it blew like crazy most of the day, and we actually lost our power, hmm. which does not happen very often. Uh, we maybe a couple times in the uh, years and years that we've lived here. Um, because most of our power lines are underground, but there mm-hmm. are some above ground at some point. Uh, but we lost our power about 9 a.m. on Friday and uh, did not get it back till a little after 2 p.m. on Saturday. So about 30 hours without wow. power. Ours stayed on the whole time. Yeah. And it, it was weird pockets. They said that there was Portland General Electric electric said that there was uh over 1300 downed power lines wow um so you can imagine trying to get all those connected back i don't know if you can just like use some duct tape and tape it back and you're good to go you just grab one in you grab the other in lick them and stick (laughs) them together um but anyways i was so i'm kind of sitting there thinking and of course i have a bunch of backup batteries and um i could have gone somewhere with power and stuff but we're kind of hanging out at the house and uh so i was playing some games on my phone it's getting low and um, I was like, well, I don't want to kill my laptop battery in mm-hmm. case I need to use that for something. And, uh, so I remembered that I have the Cobra CG, CJ, I C two hundred two fifty three hundred 250, 300 amp, uh, jumpstart device. Oh, right, right, right. Which you've seen before. Yeah, I didn't, I had to wait till you got to the end of your (laughs) description. CGAIC didn't get it for you. No, I was a little Um, lost. It's a a weird uh, product name. Um, But what this is, is it's kind of a, I don't know what, the size of a lunchbox, uh, a large lunchbox. 
um, device which has jumper cables on it. So you charge up this device, mm-hmm. and then you you know can jump a car with it. But it also has it has a 120 volt outlet, so a regular U.S. wall plug. Right. Uh, has a USB port. Okay. Has a light on it. It mm-hmm. also I always forget it's got a uh, air compressor that's in a compartment in the back, so you could like pump up your car tire it's on Um, on the device yeah on the device i mean this thing is crazy that it's all built into this one device i mean it's heavy it's a solid device um but i was like oh that's got a battery in it hopefully Mm -hmm. it's charged out in my car so i go get it it gives me one light on the indicator for the battery so i'm going oh great it kept charging my phone I mean, it charged my phone like three times with one indicator light. Wow. Um, so it, a great device. I don't know if how often you guys have to, uh, if you carry jumper cables or if you've ever had to have your car. I've had a couple cars in uh, my past that mm-hmm. uh, needed daily, if not multiple times a day, jump starts. and wow. just. So I always try to pay it forward. I keep a pair of cables in my car to yeah. help people out yeah. if they need it. Well, with this device, you don't have to do that awkward thing where you push the car out of the parking spot and pull yours in and yeah. be, you know do all this weird stuff. You just walk up, plug it in. There's a lot smaller devices, but I want to recommend mm-hmm. this one as a, you know, if you were going camping. It's great for camping. Um, you've got a full plug there if you, you know, are using some sort of a frying pan or some sort of device. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's really got a lot of functions. I did find a link. Uh, Amazon, they're not available on Amazon. It looks like they've been discontinued, but I found a link where they're selling them on um, uh, not outlook.com. But uh, the other one, Overstock, Overstock.com. Yeah. So I'll post that link in the show notes. It's about sixty bucks. Yeah. Um, Costco has a big version of this. I saw. I can't remember what it costs, but there are other v- devices like this out there, and you just need to shop for best price, best features, yeah. wh- whatever's in your budget. There's a, a, a wide selection of. Yeah, and so I, as I've said before, as far as a backup battery goes. Um, you can have a, you know, one that's the size of a chapstick that'll, you know, quarter charge your phone back up in an <laughs> yeah. emergency, but it's convenient. Or you could have one of these. Um, so I'm looking on Amazon. I'll link to this one too. Uh, for 85 bucks, there's the Stanley Jump It 1000 Peak Battery Amps, mm-hmm. um, which it's got the compressor the light uh, looks quite a bit bigger, um, but the same thing. It's and I I just like the fact that it has the USB and it has the outlet, so that you could do mm-hmm. um, you've got the functionality if you're going to go for something that big. Uh, they That's actually have cool. a couple different sizes. So um, this one looks like good. Sli- they have a forty two dollar one uh, that has three USB ports, but again, looks like it doesn't have the outlet on it, which I think was. That was a nice bonus mm-hmm. feature um, you could plug your for having dryer. it for when your power goes out because you never know when that's going to happen. I was not prepared. I was actually watching the news, getting to work for the morning and watching the news. And they were talking to the guy from Portland General Electric. And he's saying, yeah, we've got, you know, 35,000 people without power right now. And I'm like, oh, man, that would not be good to lose power. And then on cue, zoom, everything shuts down. I'm just like, ah, oh. yeah. But we came out of it all right. Uh, some people were out of power for a lot longer, but came out good. The Cobra one, uh, I like that from 
Um, but I'm sure there's other ones. The Stanley, Stanley one, I will link to that because it looks like a powerhouse as well. Um, but yeah, find one that works for you and is a good solution because it's a, a real helpful thing to have around. Speaking of helpful things to have around, our podcast. So mm. share it with a friend. Hopefully you learned something tonight. I know we were kind of um, hit a lot of different things, but uh, hopefully there's something that you caught that you're going to be able to tech better with this week, uh, something that you can put into a habit. That's a big thing mm. is just getting used to use it, like the double tap on the home button to bring the screen down. You just yeah. have to get used to using these things, uh, and it can make a lot of a lot of difference. Or doing the messages mm-hmm. um, on your computer, your iOS tip, just makes life a lot easier. And that's what that's our goal with technology is to make our lives easier, not more difficult. And I know it can be frustrating. Yeah. <laughs> I work in IT. <laughs> technology can get yeah. really frustrating. We want to make technology work for you, not yes. the other way around. Yes. Yeah, that's the way it should be. It's a tool uh, that we need to use to make life better. So with that, we're going to wrap up episode 70. Thank you so much for listening. Share it with a friend and have a great one. Excelsior!